0: This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Deadpool 2, so sit back and enjoy the chimichangas.
1: Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. This is paying the price. I'm gonna knock you out. Mama said knock
2: you out. I'm gonna knock you out. Mama said knock you out.
0: We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello. Out now as a film podcast, we're able to discuss new movies leakly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler free review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 324. 324.
3: Three, I missed 323, three, which is the old Mazda model. <laughs> that's what I wanted you to say, even though you said it was something like I would say a palindrome.
0: Because that's exactly what you would say. And you did, even just Mazda. now. <laughs> 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 anyway. Uh, for episode three hundred and twenty-four, we are talking Deadpool two. No subtitle or Colton. <laughs>
3: That's accurate.
0: I know it, it was it was disappointing. I was looking forward to, or even just un, untitled Deadpool sequel. I mean that would that was. We had that for months, Abe. Eh? That was, like, our thing. We were...
3: That would have been very meta for them to do that. It would have fit appropriately. Yeah. I was actually hoping for the exact same thing.
4: I actually I really liked that idea, and I was really disappointed when they just said it was Deadpool too. Can you it's...
0: imagine an audience <laughs> that, like, doesn't does kind of get the in-jokes that it's like, why is it called Untitled Deadpool sequel?
3: <laughs> wow, this movie theater really messed up with these posters. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> they just went out with it. The- anyway, yeah, whatever. Jo- re- <laughs> joining us today to discuss Deadpool Two, we have from Cinema Blend, recording from a safe house. It's Eric Eisenberg. How's it going, guys?
4: I see what you did there.
0: Also <laughs> joining us today from Slash Film, never keep us waiting. It's Brad Oben. Hey, that's me. How are the two of you guys doing tonight?
4: I'm doing fantastic. I love Deadpool Two, so I am very, very excited to talk about the Ooh. film. <laughs> We're gonna get into it.
1: <laughs> I'm ready to
4: battle, Brad, How are you doing?
1: I'm feeling pretty average, which is about how I felt Deadpool 2. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Oh well, no! Always, always good to have you guys on. Good to have, good to have you, Brett. Bad back. <laughs> good to have you oh, back, probably.
1: Brad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always good to be back.
0: I, uh, I think we had you last on for the Sundance
1: show, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Did we that's talk about probably, Sundance? Yeah. yeah. I think that's.
0: Yeah, well, I'm, I, there are a number of films from Sundance that I'm, I know I'm going to be seeing pretty, pretty soon, so I'm excited to catch up on some of the ones that we, uh, we discussed. And nice. uh, Eric, it's been all the way since Deadpool 1, since we first right. we had you on the podcast. <laughs> I
4: am, I'm officially the Deadpool specialist, I feel. Apparently,
0: but, uh, yeah. yeah. But no, good to have you back, because I mean... There's just you know all kinds of things going on as far as guests and schedules and what have you. But no, it's good it's good to get, me, get you back on the show. <laughs> for um, sure. Even even if it's a, for installments of sequels of movies that you talked about before. It's <laughs> it's, fun, it's fun to do things. But yeah, for no, sure. this should be fun to do. We'll get into this movie. We'll get into all kinds of stuff. But first, let's get into some show notes. Uh, first up, a new commentary track. We record a commentary every month on this podcast because you, the listeners, love our commentary tracks. And with a new Star Wars movie coming out, that means that we did a Star Wars commentary, which was for Return of the Jedi, which is now available on iTunes. You can go on there. You can find a Return of the Jedi commentary track. Myself, friend of the show's David Yeh and Brandon Peters, uh, we all talked about the film, and it was a lot of fun, and it's a good track. So feel free to you know jump on iTunes and Audio Boom if you want to look for that. Speaking of iTunes, if you want to give us an iTunes review rating, it's great to do that because it makes us be like, Hey, we got to do iTunes for reiterating. Yeah. Um, you can log into iTunes. That's
3: how we do respond actually.
0: Yeah. You yeah. can, uh, you can log on to iTunes. You can search for our show out now, fair an aid, You can give us a star rating. That'd be cool. You can give us a written review too. That'd be even cooler.
3: Yeah. Hugs in advance.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Hugs in advance. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah. All right. That's showing. Let's move on now. Let's get to, let's get to know everybody. we each week. We ask each other a question or two. Try to set the tone for the podcast. We better get to no. know everybody. That was good.
3: That was okay. It's been a couple weeks. I, I that was pretty good.
0: there might be a delay. No, so it was, it, on my end, it, on the cans in my ears, it sounded pretty good.
3: <laughs> All right. I, I
0: use the lingo when it comes to how accurate we are. So I say cans. That's how oh, it goes.
3: I was, I'm still using Campbell's soup.
0: If it was yeah. <laughs> an elaborate wire setup, right? You just hang, you can't get yeah, into water.
3: Yeah, that's correct.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I have a question for you guys. Yes. This is as basic as I can make the question, but I am curious. What's your favorite kind of comedy? Obviously, I think you all kind of... We all have various comedies we like, but I'm curious if right. there's, like, a favorite yeah. kind of comedy you lean on.
4: Uh, I will just so... That, I guess before anyone kind of goes for it themselves, I honestly... I'll, I'll just say dark comedies. Uh, I am... <laughs> very much in favor of movies that like get hyper violent and to the point of it's like to it, the comedic level and like I mean Shane Black is a very good example of my kind of comedic sensibility tastes uh and that like things can go horribly horribly wrong from a human perspective but it, at the same time is very comedic so uh I'd say that's I'd say that's my answer to that question can um you?
1: I like my comedies that are a little bit absurdist without going completely over the top that are that still, you know, kind of keep one foot in silliness, one foot on the ground. Even though we're talking about movies here, I think the best example of the kind of comedy that I like is something like 30 rock. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 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 yeah I, I feel like that's it's, it's got the perfect blend of heart and silliness. And it's also very fast and sharp. I like my comedies when the jokes come a mile a minute. You enjoy that quite a bit as well.
3: I like a flavor of both of those in an action comedy with uh, some Shane Black, you know, nice guy slash maybe even some 22, 21 Jump Street stuff. Sure. So it's it's got to have some clever writing in it, uh, but I don't mind some action with it as well.
0: I am a huge fan of wordplay. Um,
3: Jason Mraz so, wordplay?
0: Yeah, Jason Mraz word That's a thing.
3: <laughs> no, that's. That's just in one of his songs. Did you just
0: choose our closing song for this episode? Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right. You heard it here first. Abe wants to hear some Jason Braz at the end of this podcast. So that's, that's what I'm hearing. Uh, I'm going to write a note. I'm going to write that out just to piss you off. No, <laughs> no. Jason Braz. <laughs> I don't know why, but I I don't even have to say this out loud. I'm I'm the one editing this week. I'll know know this because I'm going to hear this. I'm going to hear all this stuff. I'm going to cut out of the podcast.
3: I'll be surprised. Surprise me with uh, with a Jason Mraz song. Okay.
0: yeah, no, yeah. So, uh, wordplay, dialogue, like di- very clever dialogue in my comedies. Obviously, there's plenty of comedies that I know we all kind of enjoy, um, and I, you know, I like my share of dark comedies. I like, uh, I like my absurdist humor, um, but I, I really like when the di- the dialogue just like is, is like really sharp and just kind of whether whether it's rapid paced like screwball comedy type dialogue or if it just there's just kind of a a cleverness to it all. The closest yeah. thing I can think of offhand is something like. Um, Brothers, some, coen Colin Brothers. Yeah, coen Brothers is a lot of funny wordplay type stuff there, or even like so some of Soderbergh's more comedic films are just the, the way the dialogue kind of sizzles in his, like the like the first like Oceans Eleven for example. Just well, there was it. a
3: woman's present up the street.
0: <laughs> uh, I like that your go-to line.
3: <laughs> I was gonna do I was gonna do the whole entire uh, opening monologue thing, but that would have been too long.
0: Anyway, yeah, that that'd be my answer.
3: Alright, I've got a question for you guys. Is there a mutant that you don't think gets enough movie screen time love? I mean, it's got to be Cyclops, right?
4: I mean, he's been (laughs) shelled. He got, got, like, (laughs) unceremoniously killed, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in the third movie, just for, like, going over to Superman. And it's just, I mean, from the very, very beginning, he should have been the leader of the X-Men field team, but Wolverine was just like had to be the number one character in, in, according to 20th Century Fox, so that's how it became. And so yeah, I, I've always been, I've long been disappointed by Scott Summers' representation in these movies.
0: What's funny is I completely agree with you, but I don't even like Cyclops as a character yet. <laughs> I like, I respect the X Men enough to think, yeah, that that kind of feels bad for Cyclops that he's not really represented. You should though. at least
4: try? I mean, at least try. I'll probably still hate it, but at least try.
0: Like the character is inherently a lot like Captain America and that's worked out pretty well for Marvel. (laughs) So it's like, Uh,
4: I don't
1: think rogue has ever been used to her full potential. I think she's always been painted as this kind of not, not quite. I mean, she was kind of a damsel in distress in the first movie, but she never really feels like she's actively using her powers. And part of that obviously is because of her struggle with not really wanting to be a mutant because she can't have a real relationship with somebody. But in the in the comics and in the animated series, Rogue is a badass and she's she's yeah. awesome and she can fly, you know. And I just feel like she she's really never been used to her full potential.
0: That's another one I agree with mainly because of how poorly the movies have done to keep her. Like you know, the first one is essentially like from her and Wolverine's perspective. Second one, right. they dial her down. The third one, she's she literally gives up being a mutant. And, and like in the in the in the scheme of things. Like look at Days of Future Past, where it's like she's not even in it. They had to make a whole she separate cut. Was, was the they, they, they they make a whole separate cut of the movie just yeah. to include her and call it the road cut as if like suddenly it makes so much more sense. So it's like, right. yeah, they've they've done less and less uh, as far as goodwill towards the character that Essentially, was one of the the key starting points for a lot of people in the movie
4: franchise. <laughs> so I think it's even gotten to the point where Anna Paquin says like she won't even she's not even willing to play the character anymore unless they like beef her up in action in the action department. I mean, like, who can blame her? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah, it's why got, would you? It's, it's a kind of like a as well.
3: uh, Holly Berry situation. Of like, you know, I want to play Storm, but there's nothing you guys are giving me here, and she really doesn't do a whole lot in Days of Future Rats either.
0: Nope. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a walk on. Like, all right, I'll get in the harness again and spin around a bit. And as long as I don't yeah. have, as long as I don't have to talk to Brian Singer, I'll be fine. Which is probably what happened. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was our questions. I have our poll question now. We've been doing. All right, been, we we're we're back to the polls again. It's always fun. I don't to like do these, these polls because they're so challenging. Because they're
3: for so me. they're so you got to kill one and yeah. save the other. It's, well, it's you, not very not very fair. Well,
0: this is how we do the poll. We, I, I select two movies every week for a death match. As far as picking one means erasing the other from existence. Um, which I think is fun to do because it's torture for a lot of people. Um, And I try to theme it around the movies of the week. And so this week, just to recap, I'm putting two movies against each other. Picking one, you save it. Picking the other means it's gone, as in it never existed. Pop culture is affected differently. All, you know, directors' timelines change. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all that changes because this doesn't exist anymore. So with that said, here's the two movies I put against each other. The idea was meta movies. And so I put Monty Python and the Holy Grail versus Blazing Saddles. Before I get to the results of that poll, I'm curious what you guys have to say about that. But Brad, what, what would you choose between those two?
1: Oof. Um, man, that is tough. Uh, I feel like Monty Python the Holy Grail has been far more influential than Blazing Saddles. Though Blazing Saddles in its own right is was quite influential. I think that Monty Python has less of a film library for us to take influence from. So I think I have to keep Monty Python the Holy Grail and get rid of Blazing Saddles.
4: Uh, I think I'll go the opposite way, which honestly is based, uh, almost is very strongly based on the entire repertoire of Monty Python, which includes like not only the Flying Circus, but Meaning of Life and Life of Brian. And so I think that is just their comedic impact. Obviously, Holy Grail is on a, is on a whole new level, but Monty Python, you do very much get everything that they are through the rest of their body of work, I feel, and... I, yeah, I, I, so I, I think that uh, yeah, I think that's the one that we delete. Hey, where are you headed? It, it's a tough one, and I abstain from that.
3: I'm also going the Brad route. I save Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and I get rid of Blazing Saddles, which is a very difficult choice because Blazing Saddles is so early on Il Mel Brooks's uh, filmography. That's like, well, does he then go on to do any of the other things that we've seen him do and it's he's just, so familiar? It's, or that, it's that not other that brookers, early. Like,
0: it's more like, not? it's not that. It's peak Brooks. Early on, it'll be like the producers. Like, that's the early.
3: Sure, <laughs> yeah, where he's, yeah, singing and dancing. But, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's a tough one. So, but I do say Monty Python, I think that, that that one has, I mean, I think the influence of that has been, not to say that Mel Brooks hasn't been influential, but I think it's been a little bit more uh, worldwide. Um, so, uh, you know, it's it for dad but i same. i
0: mean i i could hardly <laughs> it's difficult i i agree and i think we, there's all kinds of arguments you can make for We're both. also abstaining no but there's difficult there's i think there's there's reasons you can make for both of them as far as the impact they had and i think oh, if i had to really go i'd save blazing i'd choose i would save blazing saddles just because i do think beyond just the comedic aspect i i think there's a whole you know there's a whole um it's a whole social aspect as far as what that movie's doing in in terms of kind of how it tackles racism within the Western sphere. Absolutely, which I, I think is an important thing. Where Holy Grail, I love, and it has all kinds of things going on as far as all the ways impacted kind of cinematic, you know, culture and in the way jokes just happen. Uh, it, it's tough. It's a tough one. I would choose Blazing Saddles, though. The regardless, the poll. Blades and Saddles was killed by my, by Holy Grail, which I was a little bit surprised by. I thought it would be a little closer. It was eighty percent to twenty. Um, wow. Holy Grail won that one. Uh, so yeah, that that's where that's where the uh, the listeners lied. In that well, one. You know, in
3: general rule of thumb percentage 80-20. 80-20, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that that's where things led with the polls. I like doing these polls, so I'll keep doing them. I'll keep putting them up. And, oh, for
3: sure. Uh, yeah.
0: So yeah, with all that said, that's how you play.
3: No, no everybody. everybody. That was better. <laughs> alright, <laughs> <A little bit.
0: laughs> it. sounds great in my ears. I don't know what your ears. All right, it so the... sounds like I'm
3: a little early there.
0: We're going to do a new poll. Nope. <laughs> How does no everybody sound to the audience? So we'll we'll see what happens. Let's move on. Let's get down to quickies. Yep. Each one out now, we're move the witch doctors way quickies.
3: Yeah, that was pretty good for being off for like you know three weeks. See, so I had that one down. Like
0: that—that's about that doesn't fail me. Regardless, <laughs> let's 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 start with Brad. Brad, uh, what movies have you seen recently?
1: Uh, well, I saw the old Deadpool two, <laughs> yeah. which we'll we'll talk about a little bit later. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, when I was at the Chicago Critics Film Festival recently, I got to see a decent batch of movies. Some of which I had missed at Sundance. Some that played at. Uh, other festivals after Sundance. Uh, so I got a chance to check out uh, Pulse Raiders First Reformed. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also got to see a movie called A Kid Like Jake with Jim Parsons and Claire Danes. Oh. Uh, I got to see Puzzle with Kelly McDonald and Irfan Khan, American Animals, uh, the heist film starring Evan Peters and uh, a few other.
0: Barry, uh, Barry Keegan, right? From, yes. Uh, from uh, yeah. Killing Killing a Sacred Deer.
1: Uh-huh. And, uh And I also saw uh, the uh, thriller Revenge, which is super oh. bloody and a hell of a good time.
0: So uh, First Reformed, I really want to see, which I so I missed all my screenings for it, but it's out in like four theaters now. Uh, yeah. American. Yeah, I was Zone. gonna throw
4: yeah. I was gonna throw my pitch that way as well as uh, I was I, I've seen First Reformed; it's fantastic and absolutely worth searching out in those four theaters.
0: <laughs> the ones you mentioned, Brad, did you enjoy all of them? Or?
4: I actually
1: did. Yeah, they're they were all really good in their in their own way. They're all um kind of, you know, completely different movies and they're, uh, they uh they each bring something different to the table. Um I think out of all of them the one that I was most intrigued by and like I guess most entertained by was probably American Animal just because it does this has this cool way of bridging documentary and narrative style film and like kind of blurring the lines between fact and fiction as far as what happened and what may have happened and what didn't happen with this – because it's a true story about these kids that try to steal these rare books from their uh, university.
3: Yeah, that that trailer has me all ears. I mean I'm pretty fascinated by that one. I mean actually every movie that you mentioned, I'm pretty fascinated by it. even Puzzle.
4: I'm actually um, going to go see American Animals tomorrow. I'm very excited
3: about
0: Boom. I will be seeing it in a week from now, but um, I, I'm looking forward to it mainly because um, – I realized this later too. I think I knew it but then I forgot and then I found it out again. It's from the director of the documentary Imposter, which I was a huge fan of from a few years yeah. back. Um right. and so yeah and this and that was a documentary which I really I liked because not only because it was just well done, but it was well done in a way where it's like this just works as like a cinematic feature like it, the way it's kind of telling its story. So now he actually has like a suit like a it's like half it's like a it's what's American animals like is it like kind of like it is a it's it's, no, it's, it's 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 dramatizing events, but isn't there like an actual documentary aspect to it too?
1: Yeah, yeah, for yeah, that's what's kind of cool about it is he bridges some of these documentary aspects with the. It, it's mostly a dramatization, uh-huh. a narrative film, but he brings in talking heads of the real people that were part of the heights, and the way he has them interact with the dramatization is is very cool. It's very unique. <laughs>
3: nice, yeah, very.
1: Cool. And then I also saw uh, Solo last week.
3: Ooh. We'll get to that in a few weeks.
0: Heard with of a it. A couple of weeks.
3: Yeah. Next
0: week. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, Eric, how about you? What are the reasons? Yeah,
4: honestly, he, he, he uh, hit on every single, Like I've been living in Blockbuster World. So, yeah, I've been living with Deadpool Solo and uh, First Reform. Those are the three uh, big three that I've been uh, working with. And I'm going to go see American Animals tomorrow. So, yeah, all my talking points are used up. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. <laughs> right. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, it just
0: saves time on the listener, because they're thinking, oh my god, traffic's not as hard as it, I, 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 I could move through this podcast a little faster, so we're moving on, yeah. we'll just <laughs> keep going. <laughs> yeah, second yeah. button. Abe, what about you? I
3: haven't seen anything this week.
0: See? Saving time already. There we <laughs> <there you> go. <laughs> just crushing it. All right. Uh, I've seen a few things that I want to make note of. First is uh, the the, nec- the Netflix docuseries Evil Genius. Have any of you guys watched this or know what this is?
4: I have not, but I've heard it's this great.
0: Uh, so this is, Abe, hey, remember the film 30 Minutes or Less?
3: Yes, I do remember that movie.
0: Remember how we were disappointed in that movie?
3: <laughs> yeah, we were disappointed in that, in that Aziz, was Aziz Ansari.
0: It was it It was Jesse Eisenberg, Aziz, Aziz Ansari, yeah. along with what uh, Danny McBride and Nick yeah. yeah. And it was about Jesse Eisenberg being strapped with a vest, with an explosive, and he had to rob a bank or else it would blow. Um, this is a, a documentary about the actual scenario where a person was forced to rob a bank with a thing around his neck that would blow up. And it did not turn out like the comedy that that film was. And this uh, docu series explores in four parts everything that led up to that moment. Um, and there are a lot of twists and turns as far as the people involved and what's going on and how, what other heinous crimes also occurred in the same kind of scenario in the same within the same realm of people. Um, it's pretty. It's. It, not necessarily intense, but it's certainly like, oh, this makes me not feel good <laughs> By the in, in terms of the people involved and how horrible some of them are. Um, I mean, and it also makes me dislike 30 Minutes or Less even more. Than, um, <laughs> I already uh, can, kind of didn't <laughs> like it because it's like, wow, they made a, a bad comedy that just really <laughs> makes light of a horrible situation for a real person that was involved. Um, so, yeah. Uh, But yeah, I've been, so I'm halfway through that so far, um, but it's very engaging. They're only like, it's four episodes and they're all like about 45 minutes. So it's not even, you know, it's not too much of a, too much of an ask, especially since it's divided into four parts as opposed to like one, two and a half hour documentary or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing I'll mention is Cargo, which is also on Netflix. Um, This is a new zombie film starring uh, Martin Freeman. The idea is it's set in Australia. It's based off a short film from the same directors as this one, Um, and it's, I guess I can kind of get into it because it's. I don't think it's It's like a spoiler. The idea is that, like, there's, you know, you know You know how zombie movies work. You get bit, you turn into a zombie. And the, the rules of this one are basically you have two days after you get bit before you turn into a zombie. Um, and Martin Freeman's character, he has a young daughter, a, like a baby, a baby daughter, and he gets bit. And the movie is about him basically figuring out what to do within the two days before he turns into a zombie, if he turns into a zombie. Um, and... That and that ideally should give you like a, a, a decent amount of stakes and like make you intrigued by what's going on. I think the problem is it doesn't know how to explore it well enough. Um, it, part of it's because the short film, which is like not that long, it does that so much better <laughs> than this movie does, where it just feels like it's expanded out into an hour and forty minute you know version of a pretty simple story. And Martin Freeman, I really like Martin Freeman. He's good here. But I just think, I don't think the movie does enough to really se- it's, I'll say this, it's perfect for a Netflix watch. Like, it's 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 perfect okay. for like, hey, I'm at home and I can watch this, I can get, enjoy this performance and get a, get enough out of this. Um, but as far as like, you know, if this was like a theatrical film, I'd be like, yeah, all right, it was okay. So it, I, I think there's enough to recommend as far as, hey, I can stay home and watch this and see Martin Freeman yeah. act really desperate. Um, but that's, you know, there, that that's kind of all there is. Yeah. Um, Speaking Are we about, talking
3: fast action zombies or slow walking zombies?
0: Uh, they're slow walking zombies. Okay. Yeah. There's some intense moments. And there's some neat – I there, well, there's some great scenery, by the way. They use Australia to its fullest. There's some really great imagery in there. But, yeah, there's slow zombies. But there's some other problems that occur that make things okay. tense at side times. The last thing I'll mention um, is uh, HBO's Fahrenheit 451. Oh yeah! This is the HBO movie adaptation with Michael Shannon and Michael B. Jordan as B. Guy Jordan. Montag. Did anybody else watch this? I suppose not, since you didn't mention it. I've not, yet. But, or you or you'd realize how bad it is and you forgot that you watched it. It's not good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, really? Yeah, it's from director uh, Rama Bahani, who directed Ninety Nine Homes and um, Man Push Cart. A lot of like smaller films, than 99, yeah. Nine and Ninety Nine Homes yeah. was like his biggest one. Um, and. I suppose we've probably all read Fahrenheit 451, right? Because it's like required yes. reading in high school or what have you. Um, yeah. And like, I remember the book well enough, but regardless, it just... They like Michael Shannon's role. He plays like he plays the firefighter, like leader, essentially. Where Guy Montag is like the you know the the main guy, and they've expanded that role quite a bit. Probably because they have Michael Shannon, so they're like, well, let's give him more to do. And they've like they've eliminated another role, and just the the things they've done to it's not it's not a matter of like it's not like the book. So I hate it. That's not the case. It's more of <laughs> what they've done with it. Just kind of all the messaging there is made to be very obvious, given the era that we're currently living in, and. <laughs> how you can use a totalitarian government system to tell you what to do and what not to do and what's right and what's wrong. The way this movie plays with that to kind of update it for modern times is that book came out in what, the 60s, 50s? Um, it just it feels very obvious, and it's also very repetitive as far as the struggle that Michael B. Jordan's character is going through as far as being a person in a society where you're not allowed to read books and he's a fireman that's supposed to burn down books. Um, It just, it kind of hits you over the head over and over with the same point about him struggling once he realizes, like, hey, I can read this and actually this is interesting. It is kind of, it kind of belabors the point about that. And some of the symbolism is very obvious when they're like driving out in their fire trucks. Um, they, they say something like make America burn again. And it's like, okay, what? They, they, there's like little, there's little, there's things like that. It's like. <laughs> and they, they try, they incorporate social media in a somewhat interesting way as far as like when like they're going on these burning missions that like they have cameras everywhere. so like the whole, like they have skyscraper, big like, um, projections of the video so everyone can see it and you can instantly mm-hmm. like, like every, you see all the thumbs going up on screen and everything. It's like, okay. everyone's like, it's like, yeah, burn it. Good. Go, go, yeah. go, go Montag. And it's just like all right. Like, there's some clever ideas of how to make it like work as like a for like an HBO movie budgeted movie that's set in the future. There's some neat concepts. It just doesn't doesn't go It doesn't do enough to make it more interesting. It it's just kind of like all right. I get it. And
4: so okay. it's, right. it's unfortunate. So you'd rather
0: watch The Giver. Got it. <laughs> I would say The Giver was better than I this not, movie. I, I, I like would, The I give Giver. Agree. <laughs> it's, no, I'd rather. I put on my Twitter. I think uh, Brazil Ridley Scott's Mike and Macintosh commercial. Equilibrium, all better than Fahrenheit 451. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so that's what I have. So that's Yep. Let's move on now. Let's get to our uh, trailer talk. We talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week. When it's coming out, what we thought of it, what have you. And this week we are talking The Happy Time Murders. This is the, I believe, long in production, or long in development at least, uh, film from director Brian Henson, uh, son of of Jim, director of Muppet Treasure Island, Muppet Christmas Carol, among other things. And the film is basically a i guess it's a crime comedy (laughs) where in a in a very r-rated world where muppet-like characters exist and you have melissa mccarthy and uh (laughs) phil phillips i believe is the privatized name um working together to solve some sort of mystery um and the the you know the gimmick is essentially that all these muppets are very explicit in how they you know act um with all that said, let's start with let's start with uh, Brad. Brad, what did you think of the trailer for Happy Time Murders?
1: Uh, I really like the trailer a lot. I thought it was hilarious. Obviously, it's very crass and crude, and it's meant to uh, shock you with how you know dirty these Muppets are being and everything. But I just I love the you know uh, irreverent style of humor here. That it's something that you don't really see from uh, movies that have puppets like this, and I, I think it's going to be something that's really fun. And seeing it with a crowd, uh, it was attached to my screening of Deadpool 2. Uh, the audience, which it was perfectly geared towards, absolutely lost it during this trailer. They were laughing so hard, especially the end gag. People were laughing so hard. They were still laughing as the 20th Century Fox logo and stuff was coming up for Deadpool 2. It was uh, it was a huge hit. I'm, I'm very excited to see if uh, if it actually delivers the goods. How
0: about you, Eric?
4: Uh, well, honestly, like weirdly, I guess I had the kind of opposite direction of or uh, opposite feelings of that audience because I'm I getting a pattern
0: kind of, here like, from all this, but I I, okay. I, I,
4: <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, I, I actually kind of like in its bit when it was like I appreciate the kind of R rated puppetsness of it, but I almost kind of liked it in its kind of restraint in that uh, I'm happy to just have a puppet noir film that is dark and has them cursing and just plays it out, even as even for even as like a straight bit. However, like so, like, the whole bit with the silly, silly string at the end was just, like, a little bit of a step too far. But at the same time, like, I am a person who can't like, I mean, just a couple years ago, you had Sausage Party and you had movies like Fritz the Cat and Meet the Feebles. So, like, I, I, I can get on board with this, and obviously th- those are kind of high bars for it to reach, but – uh, I, I think this could be really funny. It is weird how long it has taken to actually get made. I, I like. I think that Katherine Heigl. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was like attached to start in this like years and years ago. Uh, uh,
0: Cameron Diaz, I, I know, was and yeah, and yeah, him. yeah. Heigl yeah. Heig was out there. Cameron, Cameron Diaz was out. There. Yeah, I know. It's it's been like ten years that they. I wow. remember hearing about this idea. And then yeah, it's been a yeah.
4: while. Since. Yeah, it's been a long time in development, and I I, I hope it uh, works just because also like August this year is such a disaster zone there's absolutely nothing going on so it actually Jason come on which one grace rich asians okay that's fair I, I'm looking forward <laughs>
3: to
2: that.
4: but yeah so uh i i i have some hopes and uh we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes the, the trailer left me with some mixed emotions i'd say hey how about you i'm kind of with eric on this one I mean, there's
3: like a lot of stuff here that i really do like and did i laugh out loud you're goddamn right i did there's like some really like crass humor there that is right in my wheelhouse but in terms of like where, where the plot goes and, and I guess what's going to happen, I'm not sure. Um, I guess uh, – I, I love this cast, by the way, the the human cast and all the puppeteering whatever else, too. Um, I, I did have to question whether that, that was a real statement when they put, like, you know, from the director about Patricia Island and whatever else. <laughs> I was like, well, they, they can't really lie about that. So definitely it was uh, Brian Henson. And I'm glad that they've got this idea going. It does remind me of Avenue Q a lot. Um, and Abney Q, uh, had songs in it, which made it even more, uh, exciting. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about the whole entire, like, uh, direction of the plot. Um, and I hope that it's good.
0: I, I, mean, I, I laughed at, at a lot of what was going on in the trailer. I'm, I'm into this idea. Um, as a trailer, I'd like to think it's selling you basically kind of, you know, the, the kind of things to put butts in seats. Um, you know, as far as kind of the gags and what it's going for, I, I I wouldn't necessarily expect like deep characterization and like a very involving uh, mystery story that's you know gonna rival you know some of the great noirs, but at the same <laughs> I, but I I do I do expect a little bit more as far as the effort being put here uh, is in, in kind of d- developing who these people and muppets or puppets are, along with like giving you a plot that's kind of wor- you know worth a damn, um, but as far as like hey here's this here's a concept for this thing. They, I feel like they succeeded as far as giving me something. There's some, there are some gags that go far further than than, than one would think they would need to. But there, you know, there's there's humor to be found. I would say, and I, I mean, you have a the supporting cast that's kind of straight. You have yeah, along with Melissa McCarthy, you have Maya Rudolph, Joel McHale, and Elizabeth Banks. It's like those are funny people that tend to make things funny. Like I, I don't, Absolutely. I don't have a reason not to, uh, yeah. not to think that won't work out in some way. But yeah, no, I. I'm more curious than anything just because, yeah, it has been such a long time that I've I've kind of heard about the idea of Jim Henson doing a, a dark Muppet noir um, and now it's actually coming. It's like, okay, yeah, let's, let's see where that goes.
4: And I do feel like also like that this, I mean this movie is coming out in just a couple months. Like it's weird that like we're only, the marketing is only really starting to gear up now. Like I kind of figured there'd be a teaser like back in January or something.
0: This seems like the kind of thing where like Comic-Con will like be the, like where, like a screening will happen yeah, or something, and like but it yeah, can yeah, really it really start kicking it because it's like you know with all the blockbusters that are coming out that actually you know matter to a majority of America, <laughs> 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 it seems You're like a little bit lost. it's yeah. yeah it seems like the the dark Muppet comedy might be a little like oh yeah that's coming out too <laughs> why was oh, there know, why was there a really Super like Bowl commercial, commercial for this <laughs> I'm, I'm down yeah. well the screenplay from uh, Todd Berger who wrote um among other things he's been involved in a lot of tv and such as parks and recs and stuff but he also did a it's a disaster which is a movie i really like actually so um i i, I am curious um if that, will, if that you know becomes something more than just like a silly comedy involving puppy characters yeah. but regardless the happy time murders opens in theaters uh, august 17th uh so that's when we uh, have a chance to see more <laughs> and when um i think crazy rich asians comes out on that same day abe so you'll have a double feature ahead of you
3: boom mm-hmm. the best double feature <laughs>
0: Yeah. Thank
1: you, MoviePass. You better hope MoviePass is still in business. <laughs> yeah, <now>.
0: really.
3: Right? <laughs> well, by then it might be like fifty-nine dollars per month. <laughs> oh, so back to
0: what you were paying before. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> All
0: right, let's move. Let's get to let's get to our main review for Deadpool Two.
1: Hit it. There's this kid. He's in trouble.
4: Move or die.
1: Pump the hate breaks, Thanos.
4: I ain't letting Cable get to him. But I can't do this alone. We need backup. We're going to form a super-duper fucking group. It's time to get back on LinkedIn. That should have been
0: some of the trailer for Deadpool 2. 2016's Deadpool earned a lot of acclaim in various ways. It was a well-received superhero, well-reviewed superhero film that gave fans the Deadpool they wanted after getting something completely different in X-Men Origins Wolverine. It also became a huge monetary success, the 60-ish million dollar r-rated february release made nearly 800 million dollars which arguably gave the studios a bit more confidence and potential for more explicit superhero blockbusters that brings us to deadpool 2 a film that happily uses its license to do anything for the sake of a very violent profanity laden film about what it takes to make a family the plot is fairly thin but deadpool or wade wilson takes a break from his mercenary world tour to stop a time traveler named cable from killing a kid played by hunt for the Little people's julian dennison To do this, he enlists a team of mutants to help him. Hijinks and fourth wall breaking ensues. Let's start with Eric. Eric, what did you think of Deadpool 2? Uh,
4: Like I was saying earlier, I absolutely love this film. I I was a huge fan of the first movie. I am a a fan of Deadpool just in general from the comics, uh, just going all the way back, uh, especially like, I mean... From Joe Kelly's run, Jerry Duggan's run, and Gary Pussain, like I, I love Deadpool, and this movie just spoke to me on every single level, and I absolutely loved it. Um, I think it really, it, it doesn't fall into the sequel trap. I feel uh, that a lot of comedies do of just repeating a lot of the same gags. I feel like it does actually move things forward in an interesting way for each of its characters. All of its new character introductions, I think, are phenomenal and just really fantastic representations from the comics. Uh. I, I just, I, get, I can't speak to enough of the uh, just how much Ryan Reynolds, Paul Wernick, and Rhett Reese just understand the character. And I just, I, when I'm not laughing, I'm just being blown away by the action. And yeah, I, I'm just head over heels for this film.
0: Brad, what were your thoughts on the the first Deadpool? Deadpool and then what do you think of this one?
1: Uh, I really enjoyed the first Deadpool. It was uh, a refreshing take on the superhero genre after we'd gotten so many, you know, movies from Marvel and DC. And it was it was fun to have a, a superhero that was different from the rest. Uh, you know, even though it hit some of the same story beats as far as the origin and whatnot is concerned, the character of Deadpool himself really just spiced things up because he's this smart ass fourth wall breaking character who references all these other movies and, you know, doesn't really take anything seriously. But it still had some pretty slick action. Uh, and it was yeah, it was it was thoroughly enjoyable. So I, I was uh, I definitely enjoyed the first Deadpool.
0: So where would you fall on this one?
1: Uh, this one I was um, a little less impressed by, despite the fact that it definitely improved in some areas. The uh, quality of filmmaking is definitely superior here. The action sequences are much more impressive. It sh- it's shot in a way that is uh, a little less simply just like the fundamentals of, you know, pointing a camera at whatever's happening. There's a lot more style to it because David Leach knows how to do action. He's a a stuntman and he's got a lot of experience in that regard. He's not just, you know, a a visual effects artist, you know, translating uh, storyboards and concept art to screen. You know, he really does something cool with the action. However, I think the problem with this movie is that first of all, I think it feels a little bit sloppy. It's kind of all over the place. It's, it's almost like Deadpool. The novelty of Deadpool has worn out a little bit. Like it's, the best way I can describe it is that sometimes you have a kid who tells a joke and it makes their parents laugh. And the kid tries to, <laughs> tries to replicate that joke over and over again to get their parents to laugh just like they did before. And that joke gets old after a while. <laughs> and so there's some really great stuff here. I, I laughed a lot during this movie for sure. I don't want to say it's not funny. But unlike what Eric said, I think that there are too many repeated jokes from the first movie here uh, that show up. And it's kind of just the same rapid-fire, you know, empty, not-so-clever uh, pop culture reference, just to, like, as a wink and a nod to fans, being like, hey, we like we like making fun of ourselves, and, and you like that. Let's all laugh together. Um, and then on top of that, because the stakes uh, and the a- level of action are raised in this movie, I feel like that doesn't entirely match as well with the novelty of the meta-humor and the fourth-wall-breaking, especially when it comes to Things that happen later in the movie. They try to balance the movie having some real heart and some genuine stakes with the action, and Deadpool being this, you know, totally hammy character who doesn't give a shit, is cracking jokes all the time. And I feel like you can't have, you know, all that cake, cake you know, in in one sitting. Like you kind of have to. There's a there's, there's a delicate balance between those things, and I don't think this movie really found it. Uh, To be all that impressive. So I I liked it. Don't get me wrong. Did did not hate it. I wouldn't even say that I was disappointed. I just feel like it's missing something and it, it really missed the mark where the first one succeeded.
0: All right. Abe, where, where are you on all this?
3: As far as the first one, I liked it much more than you did. I, I laughed and I thought that it was very funny. and uh, You're, saying, you're, saying, of the you're jokes, saying me, right? Yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> okay. Aaron, because I know that you're kind of like lukewarm on it. Um, or at least I, I know that I liked it better than you did. Um, even though we've talked about how basically it's like just three, three, um, three, three movie saves. sets yeah. in, in the first one. You know, it still works for me um, as far as like what it was doing and how it was kind of just more just um, – it was it was a different twist on on the superhero genre that we just hadn't really seen before, and I was really thrilled to uh, invite it into my into my uh, viewing pleasure. But uh, as far as the second one goes, you know it's okay. I I, I don't think that there's really anything that was um, crazy amazeballs uh, with it. I think there's a lot of jokes that uh, were good and did hit, and some of them that I did like genuinely laugh out loud at. Uh, but those were kind of far and few in between. I kind of just felt as though some of the writing was a little bit just. Uh, was just a little bit too like on the nose. And I know that I'm talking about a Deadpool movie and that sounds ridiculous that I said that it's just too on the nose, but some of it's just like, okay, you know, I get the joke, but let's move on. Brad kind of characterized it the best when he said that it's kind of a joke that um, a child would tell. And I immediately thought of Bart Simpson with uh, I didn't do it. Um, But um, as far as the action goes, I I think that it was kind of just kind of jarring at times too. While I like the action beats and action setups, um, it just felt a little bit like it was it was something that I could not really visually see as much as I could in something like John Wick, which he also co-directed. So it was kind of weird uh, as far as like the the side characters go. They're good. They're fine. But I, I don't know what the uproar is with like having a domino full movie. The reason why is because she explains to you what her power is in the movie. How much more can you have in a full like an hour and forty minute movie with with that? I feel um, like you can say
0: that about any single superhero character, and then they, tend to to, then they tend, they, they and, tend to and, show you that. And I'm
3: gonna use my words when the, when the when the when the Domino movie comes out and it's like a two hundred fifty million dollar smash success.
0: A guy with a like, mechanical suit. What could he do for three movies? <laughs> <You>
3: know, <laughs> but but what it's actually what I'm saying is like you know it. it she is great in it. Don't get me wrong. It's just more that I definitely was like, I don't know. I don't really, I don't know if I can entertain myself for an hour and 40 minutes with it. There had to be a lot of like other side characters, but all that being said though, whatchamacallit, uh, like what I mentioned before, there was about three sequences in the first movie. In this one, there's a lot more and it like the story kind of goes in multiple directions as well. So kind of, again, it's not as though I think that these things uh, shouldn't be, in a Deadpool movie but it, some of the stuff just doesn't really feel as earned um which is kind of a ridiculous thing to say but with all that uh I did like the rendition of uh Take on Me by Aha that was uh, <laughs> a, a version I had not heard before and I was like oh this is a really good rendition I have to go look it up I wonder who covered it and it turns out that Aha just did it's it themselves, yeah yeah so kudos to you guys uh, they had was, aha
0: uh, money for this movie.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they had a lot. The movie, The money's on the screen for sure. I mean, everything looks great um, on the screen. The fe- The effects, the characters, the the CG effects, they all look very, 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 very good. Uh, but I just kind of wish that it was... Um, it's kind of It kind of reminds me of like a Ted 2, whereas like a Ted 1, I found it like, oh, wow, this is like kind of really weirdly charming and also really weirdly like a, a neat concept. And then Ted 2 came along and was like, well, yeah, it's more of the same.
0: I feel like you're insulting the first Ted by comparing Deadpool, because Ted's no. much better. Um, <laughs> I, I, to recap my thoughts on Deadpool real quick, because Abe's already done a pretty ample job, I have a on it. I do. I, I think it's fine. I, it just, it doesn't feel to me like anything all that different beyond the fact that he swears more, and there's more violence, and it's, it's different enough to, like, you know, have some kind of impact. It just, the jokes being said just felt fairly easy which is what i think about deadpool 2 as well i do think there's a lot that's improved upon the first one which we've already covered as far as kind of scope uh the quality of the action sequences and whatnot although i still do think there are a number of action sequences that feel too edited um which is was a little surprising it's like all right uh but there are a number of standout sequences that do work as far as the action is concerned uh writing wise uh, so this is from Brett reese and paul wernick and Brian reynolds this time around but those two It seems to always come back to what I said about Zombieland, where I think my comparison there has always been, I think Shaun of the Dead is like a great Simpsons episode, where Zombieland's like a great Family Guy episode, uh, where the jokes are just kind of forgettable. And that's (laughs) kind of how I think their humor works for me. I just, it doesn't hit me in the way that I think it hits others, where... Some of it just feels like, hey, we're just naming stuff. That's kind of now. It's not like Freeberg Seltzer level of like pop culture references, but it's like the the way they approach humor just doesn't quite hit me and think feeling it's all that clever. There are some good gags. I did laugh a lot. I do agree. I'm largely with Brad. And as far as how well this movie worked for me, I think there's a lot of good stuff here. Uh, and it's I, I'm not too concerned with like the amount of plot or character. Although they do try to have a level of character that is, I also agree is just doesn't feel as earned. Mainly because of certain choices they make, they don't want to get into right now. But it's kind of a entertaining blockbuster film. Like it works in the moment, but it just it's not sticking with me in the same way that the first ones didn't really stick with me that much. So there's there's a great chunk in the middle which does involve all the kind of supporting characters and Abe. You also know this. I'm not he, I'm not the biggest Ryan Reynolds fan, um, in comedy particularly. And well, that'll it,
4: kill you automatically. Yeah, that doesn't help. <laughs> now,
0: with that said, I do think he's perfectly suited to Deadpool. And in the first Deadpool, it really, he worked for me really well as far as him being the sole, you know, the person that's carrying that movie. This one, it gives some room for more people. Obviously, we mentioned Z- Zassi beats his Domino and obviously Josh Rowland's Cable. There's more yeah. Colossus. There's, there's more... Uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. There's actually not that much Negasonic. But they have other supporting characters too. The, the X Force team and the hilarity that comes with them. Um, but there's like a fir- there's a good like forty minutes to begin this movie. That's a lot of Deadpool that just wasn't hitting for me. Whatever reason, it, it just it was kind of like it, it, some of the action was working, but like it just. It felt like it took a while before it got to be the movie that I was kind of expecting to see, where like Cable and all of them were all together on the screen. It was like, yeah, this is the movie I like. And so like that chunk, I was like, this is great. I was really enjoying that. There's a giant heist kind of action-based sequence in the middle section that has easily the funniest moments of the movie, uh, but also some really creative action moments as far as how to do a car chase. And if you mentioned the visual effects, I don't think they're all that great in a lot of instances. I think there's a lot of like obvious moments, but I kind of... I can chalk it up to the movie kind of gets that itself. So I'm not too concerned with how good the effects are. Uh, But no, like, yeah, it it works as far as this is entertaining, but anything more than that? Eh, Not really.
4: Eric, defend yourself. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I obviously com- comedy is subjective, but honestly, I just feel like I mean, in the same way that you were just talking about in terms of uh, like in terms of heightening, uh, the scope of what this movie could be. I think that that very the movie very much leaned on, as we were talking about, just like the first movie because it was so micro budgeted, because it was such a like, what like just pushed away film by Fox, It kind of had to use Tim lead on Tim Miller's skills to, uh, just basically make itself look good with the money that it had with this one it had some room i think david leach actually really does do phenomenal action sequences i will perfectly stand up for it uh i think cable i will agree that he is introduced a bit later in the story than you actually want but at the same time like i feel like his arc is completely natural i love when when he does actually wind up uh pairing with cable or with deadpool rather uh it is exactly the dynamic that i want yeah and it and I will say that um, just in defense of just all of the references, uh, I guess part of the reason why I'm I'm more on board with it is because if you look just from Deadpool, from a comic book perspective in the comics, he is making exactly all those same references, albeit in the movie world, he should kind of be limited by the fact that he's only has the X-Men to like actually talk about. But I, I appreciate the fact that he has this larger awareness of what comic book pop culture has turned into well i guess that's i
0: guess that's not like that's not my issue with it the fact that he's making references it's more of the movie here's a weird way to say it the movie felt a lot more like an x-men movie than the first one did and by doing that it feels like i'm getting less of like it's not a much of a meta comedy it feels like it's just kind of like scraping the surface of what potential it has to really go out there with being a movie that is very well aware that it's a sequel to a movie like I th- there's, I think there's a like like 22 Jump Street for example is a movie that really gets the fact that it's a sequel. There's other examples too, but that's the first one I thought of. Where this one, it feels like, all right, we're we have barely any plot, but we're going to use it to make basically an X Men movie that just happens to be more vulgar. Well,
4: and... see, I would be, I would honestly say barely any plot because I would say that Deadpool does have a legitimate arc that he goes through. I mean, I, we don't want to get into too many spoilers from it's a character
0: from, about... from, from a character standpoint. Yes, there's a, there's a there are char- there's a the, the, the kind of the, the, the through line of this movie is far more indebted to the characters than the actual, like, amount of story that we're getting. I don't disagree. But,
4: with I, that. I, yeah. I, but I, I think that is exactly kind of the nice thing about Deadpool, though. And I think actually it does prevent it from becoming uh, what you kind of describe as an X-Men movie, which is it does ultimately come back to Deadpool as a character. This is about his, like... I mean, again, this is kind of hard to talk about without giving too much spoilers. Because, and what is a spoiler? It's even hard to decide this film. <laughs> but, um, but I, I just I, I appreciate that it ultimately does come back all tie back to Deadpool, and that there isn't really world changing uh, like stakes here It obviously uh like you have the entire thing with cable but what's even nice about cable is that uh like in any other normal blockbuster when cable comes back from the future he's trying to stop the apocalypse he's trying to stop the literal end of the world here he's not doing that the world is, is garbage no matter what he's just at the very least trying to save his family and i feel like that kind of stakes more fits in with what deadpool kind of does and like and so as you get to what ends up transpiring at the end of this film. It is very much earned and you kind of, you get really what you want out of the experience of this movie. Plus a lot of laughs and a lot of kick-ass action along the way.
0: I guess to, I guess for me, it's coming down to what I'm wanting from a Deadpool movie or character. And the idea is, I guess that I'm getting, and it's not necessarily fair of me to say what the movie should have done. I'm not trying to say that, but I guess watching, watching the movie (laughs) And seeing it try to deliver a story that's centered around these characters, particularly Deadpool, my thought is, I don't care about him having an arc. What do I need to learn from Deadpool? I'd just rather see him really go to town on the concept of him having a big sequel.
1: I, I kind of feel the same way because, like, in, in the grand scheme of things, Eric even just said, like, those kinds of things don't really matter because of what this movie is. And so, like, I don't care whether or not Wade Wilson has a character arc or... Or develops, or evolves, or learns anything, because Deadpool is not the kind of character that learns things. He's not the kind of character that changes over time. And even you know, I'm without- not sure. I think that's kind of reductive. I, I, this- oh, hold on, and I think the evidence for what I'm saying lies in the credit scene, without spoiling anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, which which completely undoes anything that happens in this movie. Uh, so so it's like I, I don't know. That that's I, I feel like my biggest problem I think with this movie is that we, the first Deadpool. You had these you know, scrappy people coming together. Ryan Reynolds, who loved Deadpool. Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, who wanted to get this movie off the ground for a long time. Tim Miller, who had something to prove as a director. They didn't have uh, you know, an immense amount of resources because 20th Century Fox didn't really have much faith in this movie. They didn't want to make it for the longest time. Now that they've proven themselves, they've been given the keys to the asylum. And they've been running wild and doing whatever they want to. And I feel like that made for a movie that's not quite as good. As what they were able to do the first time, because they had, you know, had to be, you know, resourceful about it, and really had to like be uh, frugal about how they not only spent their money but spent their screen time. And I feel like this time they just went wild, did whatever they wanted to do, and the result was a slightly inferior, you know, film.
0: I have a new example. Um, I think Gremlins: The New Batch does a better job of like, okay, you want a sequel? Here's a sequel. Like, and let's just run wild with the idea. Who cares about any? Who cares if if Phoebe Cates and Zach? Like, if they have legitimate arcs, let's just go wild with the concept of <laughs> yeah, like Gremlins think- running wild. And like, even yeah, even like, go leave the theater at one point and have a whole separate joke <laughs> about like Leonard Malton being in the audience and all like all that. Like, that's that's a movie that had like, all right, we did, we managed to make this a success the first time what can we do now that's even crazier? And it seems like that delivered on it, Where this one, it's like, well, we went crazier within a limit. Within a limit of, you still want you to care about this guy. And it's like, do I need to care about Wade Wilson? Like, this, is him, like, learning what a family is going to make me think, oh, yeah, that was good because of that aspect. Like, I mean, it's that that's what I think it's it's getting me. Where it's I like, mean,
3: yeah. well, one of the points that I will defend with Eric is just that I like that it was contained within its own little, its own universe, right? None of this was, like, earth shattering, in terms of, hey, you know, if we don't do this, then Professor Xavier never f- meets Gene Gray or whatever the case is, or, you know, the Sentinels will destroy the world. It's more just like, quite honestly, it's kind of like selfish reasons that cable comes back. If, if that's the only reason that we're given, then that's a pretty selfish reason to come back. Hey, it's a really good reason, too. But at the same time, like, yeah, it's self-contained, so it's not really like... Well, it's yeah, stakes
0: else. aren't my issue. I don't If, like, it has huge stakes or low stakes, that's not the problem I have with the movie in any way. Like, I can appreciate that it has like, lower stakes, especially after... <laughs> Infinity War happened, it's like, okay, this is a this is a lot simpler. I can I can appreciate something like that. <laughs> I
3: thought you were gonna say, like, with, with like uh, in regards to like Deadpool One, I was like, there are really no stakes in Deadpool One at all. So um uh, but regardless of the universe itself, I mean, that's a good point just to keep in mind in, in terms of how we're framing the, the, the movie. Uh, but the problem that I do have with the stakes is just that there are any to begin with, right? And now that's kinda of what you guys are kind of talking about too, but You know, you have these. You have this time travel movie. You have a a love story. You kind of have like this redemption story, and it's like I don't know. I mean, this is kind of just not really. What uh, what I was sort of thinking, but it's not really juggled in a way that makes all the great because the Cable story is actually really really cool, and the way that they use the effects on Cable is pretty cool too. His sonic gun and his like his arm shield, pretty I mean, there's, fantastic. There's not, there's not
0: there's not much like jokes that stem from Cable himself. They're more about him, but there are two that I mean, one is obviously the dubstep thing. I think we would all agree that's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, dubstep
2: is dead. <laughs> but the,
0: there's one which I was the only one that laughed for some reason. Is just but but when he first arrives and he's like about to steal a car and he yeah. walks up to the people and he goes year that made me laugh i don't it just it, just, it got me it was, it was just right to, it was so terminator and somebody somehow nobody got nobody laughed at that which just made it was like all right i thought that was funny. <laughs> I liked it.
3: yeah aside from that well what do you guys think of some of the, the the characters like x-force i'm sorry not x-force Is it x-factor X-Force? x-force x-force you got it yeah. x-force And or uh, uh, the X-Men guys, Colossus X. I'll say
0: uh, this. I I think Brolin's great as Cable. I think he does a – he's – for seeing so much Brolin this year, I thought he did a great job of bringing this kind of –
4: the summer. Yeah, really. Right, yeah.
0: Him and Paul Bettany, apparently. But um, they (laughs) – I I liked what he brought to being this kind of brute force that works as this perfect foil to Deadpool's antics. I I appreciated the kind of the two of them – whether they're kind of sparring in action or just interacting with each other. But I also, I really like, um, well, really the entire sporting cast. I like, I like Julian. I like, I'm a huge hunt for the little people fan. And so, so like seeing him in like this big block was like, good for him. And also he holds his own. He's got, I mean, there's some tough challenges to like go you know against Ryan Reynolds you could and say
3: that he's Josh basically Brolin. Basically the same character from, for the other people.
0: Yeah, just more sure. more more lewd. Yeah. Um, as it's far very as Ricky yeah, manager, yes. yeah, he's very, more language. I mean, he even references the idea of being a gangster. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So there's it a lot of Ricky in there.
3: <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of Tupac again.
0: Yeah, but I but I like that. And uh, Zazie Beetz as Domino is very good too. She has a kind of different comedic energy compared to Cable or julian dennison's character that like so it's there's a lot of differences as far as how what deadpool gets to do with these other characters um and i appreciated that because yeah like i said the movie really takes off i think once you incorporate all these other people and of course there's the rest of the cast i mean the rest of the x-force as well i feel like the less i say about some of them the better but it's just sure, sure. but i i would I, yeah. I would agree it's a slam dunk as far as the way they're used in this
4: movie <laughs> oh, oh i perfect. agree yes. yeah I agree. Uh, Peter is amazing, and especially his, with Dopinder and like that whole like sequence uh, of him <laughs> just joining the team, just just completely pisses Dopinder off. And also, just like I also give incredible credit to Dopinder; he has some fantastic yeah. moments in this movie after being a total revelation, like complete new introduction in the first movie to this world. I'm really glad they brought him back, and yeah, he he has some great moments in this movie.
3: See, that Peter thing is is kind of really the direction that I thought it was going to go in full force, and I was like, oh, this is going to be really crazy and weird and like, how's this going to work out? And uh, yeah, you know,
0: I'll hey, say for without, some, without it, spoiling it, it, anything, the Peter thing played out exactly how I expected it to. And yet I was no, I was at no point disappointed in that. I was like, yep, yeah, I, I, right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but you know, what about, what about folks like Eddie Marsan or whatever the case is? I mean, these are some big names in these like really minor roles.
0: Brad, how about you? What do you think of some of these supporting guys we have
1: um, Yeah, I mean, I pretty much echo a lot of the sentiments you had, Aaron, as far as the the larger supporting cast. And then when it comes to X-Force, I, I, I kind of I vacillate back and forth between how I feel about it. Because I think how X-Force is used is very surprising and very clever um, and works on, on one level. But then at the same time, it, it also feels a little bit of, I, I, I don't know, I, I feel a little bit disappointed in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, th- that's a roster of characters that, you know, you, uh, I don't know, I, I can't really say too much more without really diving in,
4: <laughs> yeah. into the details okay. I know,
1: I, I, I totally understand what yeah. you're saying. I feel
4: like anybody who's seen the movie and is listening to this will completely get what you're saying. Yeah.
1: So, so yeah, I, satisfied, but, you know, I, it's, it, I, I do wonder what it would have been like if it, they, they went in a different direction.
0: What did you guys think of Colossus's return? Like, there's still plenty of Colossus in this movie. Yeah, I'm curious what you got.
4: I liked it a lot. I mean, again, it's it's a, like it's in terms of I mean, Cable obviously represents a foil to Deadpool in this like very serious, strict and like kick your ass kind of way. But Colossus is very much the opposite of that, in which he's very soft and he's trying to soften his edges to try and turn him into a hero. And that worked really well in the first movie. Like there isn't a ton of relationship between Colossus and Deadpool in the comics, but it really they, they really gelled in the first movie. And so I like Especially, actually, I will say when they announced they were introducing uh, Cable and Domino and like Black Tom Cassidy, especially at the beginning, I was like, "Are they going to have enough room for Colossus to actually do anything in this movie?" But uh, I, honestly, I think he's he has some stand serious standout moments in this movie in the third act. I think he has uh, one of the coolest action sequences. Uh, can't really get into too much there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, like I actually for I was actually concerned. I would guess is the term that I would use about what Colossus's role would be in this film and I was honestly surprised how, how well they utilized him.
3: Yeah I think he's fine. I think that there was more addition to him in the storyline which is perfectly okay. Um but you know as far as like going over the top with anything, no he sticks with being Colossus. So kind of like what Eric was saying, he's he's got a he's got a character trait and he kind of sticks with it. But um yeah, it's okay.
0: I'll say this, because I was thinking about why I thought it seemed more like an X Men movie. They they it's something I did like about the Deadpool, the first one and just other things I like. They had a cool junky XL score in that first movie that I appreciated because I just rewatched it and I was like, oh yeah, I do like the score <laughs> of this movie. This one has a Tyler Bates score that's just very generic, and it's like, all right. There's some neat. I mean, obviously they use a lot of songs. There's, the soundtrack in this movie. Notes. There's, there's some it's soundtrack notes. It's kind of, weird. Uh, it's yeah, kind of yeah. weird
4: that it is almost very Guardians that way, which is also a Ty- Tyler Bates. Uh, exactly. Uh,
0: yeah. It feels. Yeah. That's uh, what that's what I felt. I was like, yeah, all right, this feels yeah. pretty standard i mean yeah you can bring up all your celine dion and aha and what have you as that comes in here I mean, and, those, and, those and, and there's a Kato sequence and there's a there's an orchestral moments in towards the end that's yes. ridiculous <laughs> that i appreciated as well it was just a little bit like that i was just thinking about yeah.
4: that
3: you know one of my favorite sight gags was uh, alpha flight on the taxi cab oh, the taxi yeah yeah that was, that was a great one but um yeah you know there was like a lot of sight gags just throughout the movie that uh It's kind of like a blink and you miss him, which I, which I, you know, thought was appropriate for the movie. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, is there, is there much else?
0: Well, I mean, you're, you're talking about that. Like there's a lot of visual gags I think work. And I think that's credit to Leach again as a director. I think he knows how to deliver that more, um, Compared to compared to Tim Miller, who I don't yeah you know, I don't think we should necessarily back on Tim Miller, but he did a great you know he he made that no, movie I mean, work. We with like the
3: with his limitation in budget and budget. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it's absolutely you know,
0: it's kind of a push your back against the wall to see what you can come up with kind of situation where it's like all right, if you don't have this, well we'll do this. I mean that's like. That's like almost all of Robert Riga's career. I mean, it's the exactly. no, yeah,
4: It needs to be said that the first Deadpool movie doesn't get made without Tim Miller. Like the resources that he was able to use through Blur, like that, that, that movie just doesn't get made than the quality level that it is uh, without his input. So yeah, that's, yeah. It, it, as like David Leitch might have it, uh, step up in the action wise, but yeah, I agree that you can't really badmouth Tim Miller and his. Uh, especially
0: since at least two of us are saying the first one is a better movie than <laughs> the second one. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's, I think that speaks to it as well. But I, but as far as I guess, kind of delivering visual gags or what have you, this movie, a lot there's a, there's a lot of jokes. Like it, it is a it is a, it's very much like a kitchen sink type movie. As far as like let's throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And I think what also got me, I already mentioned that I'm not the biggest Ryan rose fan, but also just the joke hit percentage just seemed lower. Honestly, it just because you did every single right. thing you could, it seemed like more of it wasn't sticking as well, which I think was also kind of getting me hung up on things. Which also, which is why I think yeah, that the first kind of block of this movie just kind of felt like, all right, we're doing this. Like there's some yeah. big, there's some I big mean, gags. The, yeah, and as some... the
3: jokes go, again, I, I didn't chuckle at all of them, but some of them uh, that did hit, I did laugh out loud at.
4: I laughed a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And and you know hey kudos good good for uh, because again that's I'm pretty sure, sure. that's uh, what a majority of people have thought.
4: That's, I guess it's a, it got an A Cinema score going. I mean it's and yeah, and it hit what the 100
3: audience, so. 125
0: million dollar opening weekend.
3: Yeah, pretty big box office.
0: That, that's and overseas too. That's, that's good yeah. enough for fourth place in the summer gamble, right, Abe? So I think that's that's working. That's working. fair <laughs> uh, yeah, Maybe higher. Um, but, um, yeah,
4: I think it's something. I think it's something like it just crossed three hundred. I think it's a three hundred one.
0: Worldwide, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, worldwide is doing it's it's doing it. Worldwide, Who's, it's
4: made all his money back. Yeah.
0: Yep. Who's doing Oh no, doing?
4: I put it. I put it in the
3: middle of the pack, so I feel okay with
0: okay, it. Okay, good for you. <laughs> okay.
3: I'm not. I'm not Marcus Robinson.
0: <laughs> yeah, he is a number two. I know that. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Any other thoughts on Deadpool Two? before we wrap up on that,
3: I think it'd be good to see with an audience. That's there's, for sure. there, yeah, oh, yeah.
0: There's, there's. I guess it's just more of like there's certain things I'm trying not to spoil that I can't like delve into. I, I, more. I think there
4: is. I think that's part of it is that like there are certain elements that I very much want to talk about, but yeah, just it's something that you really should see and I, shouldn't have spoiled. I,
0: I can dance around one because one happens early on that I won't get into, but there is a there's a reason that sets the things in motion for Deadpool as a character that happens that was hard to get behind just because it negates what the first film did Mm -hmm. um, as far as what we're connected to. And I was really curious if the movie was going to go there. Cause I kind of like seeing all the new characters that were added, I was thinking, well, how much, like you were thinking actually how Erica, how much room is that going to leave for everybody else? And the way they solve that problem for at least one character is, (laughs) Oh, they're doing a very standard thing for most movie sequels. And I thought, it seems like a movie like Deadpool 2 that's very self-aware should be better than this. And it tries to make up for it by having an elaborate Bond title-like sequences that sequence that right. comments on that very fact. But that doesn't take away the fact that they did it. That just feels like, and the movie even says this over and over again, lazy writing. And it's like, no, that right. just seems like lazy writing. And it's like, you, no matter what jokes you throw at it, it doesn't really take me out of the mindset that's that that's kind of lazy kinda that it. you just <laughs> did that to write up. It's like, yeah, and... Now I know Eric, you would argue that it it you know it applies to the character, and I agree. I guess to the degree that that's that's what they're going for.
4: I I, I am. There are there's a part of me that does. I I will agree with you that I had similar feelings when what happened. That we're so dancing around this. What what happens? How and how it happens in like the opening credits and like I, I I was. I was uh, taken aback by it. I was surprised, and I do think by the end it does kind of buy it back, especially, uh, again, there's, there are certain elements in the comics that it actually does kind of tie back to, okay. albeit kind of twisted in a certain direction. And again, like, we would, I mean, this isn't a spoiler because we already mentioned it, but the fact that you have the end credits kind of just reverse everything anyway uh, is just kind of its own little... Kind of twist on it but I, I do agree that like it's i mean there's a whole special term for it that i won't say yep. that
1: but
4: <laughs> it, it is I, I will agree it's not the best of devices
0: mm. well i got that out of you so, so. <laughs> <laughs> mission accomplished all right yeah, well with that one more thing. <laughs> with that let's uh let's 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 wrap it up on this conversation by saying when should people go and see deadpool 2 so, Eric, where, where should people – when should people go and see this movie? Oh,
4: I say immediately just because, again, like it I was just – like this movie deserves to be seen with a crowd. I mean it's, it's like most comedies. I think most comedies deserve to see with a big audience that you can just kind of laugh along with. And this movie is, again, just so many laughs a minute that it just deserves to have that big crowd feeling and you're only going to get that now. So go now. Especially because Solo coming next week is going to kind uh, going to run through like a train through the box office, so that's going to be <laughs> a bit of a problem. So yeah, just try and find a theater with as many people as you can possibly uh, sit with. That, that'd be my recommendation. Brad,
0: how about you?
1: Yeah, I think uh, a movie like this is best enjoyed with a big audience on a big screen. It's you know, it's a big comic movie with a lot of laughs, uh, and if anything, it's you know, uh, if you're one of those people who. <laughs> wants to be in on the conversations. There's a lot of fun things here to talk about and dissect. And you know, it's uh, it's, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's a good summer movie to take the time to check out in the theater. Yep. Yeah, I'd probably say you can probably wait for it at a dollar theater.
3: Nothing to rush up to go uh, crazy for right away, but it's good to see with the, with an audience.
0: Yeah. The audience thing is a factor for me. So I would agree with you. Dollar theater's is solid. Um, it, it's a, it, it does. It also looks good as a movie. Um, It, it, it feels sure. like a movie that, you know, costs double the budget of the first one which yeah. is still not that much <laughs> in terms of superhero movies in general uh, but no there's that section in the middle with that the, like the whole x-force thing and beyond stuff it's really good like it's really it's entertaining in all the ways that I want the movie it. along like it, it does the prison stuff's fine there's some good action in the prison stuff but I mean yeah as far as we'll
3: the get movies, to the prison, just in a few minutes the here, movies yeah.
0: entertainment factor I really enjoyed the that whole like x-force to the heist to car chase stuff there's some fun stuff there and you know the rest of the movie there's a lot of th- uh, you know it's very it's entertaining like i wasn't not laughing through a lot of it it's just you know whatever we got some hang-ups um, but uh um, <laughs> all right that's our that's our review for deadpool 2 let's move on now let's get to out now feedback
3: feedback feedback feedback
0: this is where i go over some of the various questions and answers on our facebook page facebook.com podcast we asked a number of questions that you listeners gave us answers to and then you listeners gave us some questions that we can provide some answers for you
3: so yeah, absolutely Get it started here. First question is: Who is your favorite cinematic smartass? Uh, friend of the show, Mark Hoban writes Bill Murray in just about everything. Let's go with Ghostbusters. Uh, Mike has Lou from Hot Tub Time Machine. Justin has John McClane. Uh, Tammy has Rizzo. Uh, Renee has Die Hard. And lastly, Frankie has Jurassic World.
0: Favorite cinematic smartass? Do you guys have any answers? Feel free to join it. Jump in on any of these, by the way.
4: Uh, I I've mentioned my love for Shane Black already. So, but you have like Joe and uh, um. Last Boy Scout and I Robert, love and Robert I. Jr. And Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I mean, yeah.
1: Uh I would say uh Wayne and Garth from Wayne's World are up there. for like Sure.
0: I like Mark's answer or Bill Murray. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's as, a pretty great one. That's yeah. a <laughs> pretty great one. And I like your Shane Black answer because there's plenty of smartass. There's Harry Lockhart and there's so, so you know I'll, I'll counter it, but I'll I'll, I'll say Gay Perry with Val Kilmer's character in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Nice. I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> so
1: I one, like smartass Well,
0: what what? Bread
3: Was that I like the answer the best. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the answer the best, too.
0: So there you go. Uh, all right. Next question is, uh, who is your favorite time traveler? Justin writes, Marty McFly. Michael has Kyle Reese. Nippon has a character from Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, Luke has Time Bandits. Uh, Renee has Ron Silver from Time Cop. Jason has Booster Gold. April has Domil Gieson's character from About Time. David has Doctor Who, Christopher has Men in Black, Will Smith's character, I guess Men in Black 3, Uh, Frankie has Bill and Ted, Dwayne has The Terminator, and Mike has Craig Robinson in Hot Tub Time Machine.
3: By the way, a lot of GIFs in that answer.
0: Yeah, people see it like when someone answers with a GIF, everyone answers with a GIF. Which,
3: <laughs> which, is, which is great.
0: Which gives us more answers, I guess. People the tend visual, to respond more to cues. those.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it also means that Abe and I have to type all these out yeah, by like hand. Type it out. <laughs> yes.
3: Sometimes like, if, the, if the reference is really obscure, we're just like, well, I guess it might be this one.
0: <laughs> so what I'm saying is make them not GIFs on weeks that I have to do the, the feedback section. <laughs> <laughs> so every other week. Pretty much most weeks. <laughs> favorite time travelers guys how about this what do we got
4: oh, I mean, you hit on a lot of the big ones i mean it's hard to go wrong with marty mcfly and the terminator so yeah
3: <laughs> uh, i'd say homer in that episode in the in the halloween special where he gets the toaster Oh, that's
4: a great toaster that's a great one yeah <laughs> red you got any
1: no you guys pretty much covered all all the good ones um so yeah i don't i don't really have anything right. different offer up in that regard cool cool yeah.
3: Uh, next question is some folks can teleport, others are really strong, and Domino is just lucky. What would you like to be in your mutant power? Mike has mind control and Justin has invisibility. So do you guys have any mutant powers? That you'd want?
0: You don't have to describe I mean, the, ones you, the, the ones you good. the ones you currently have you don't have to describe, but the ones yeah. you want. <laughs> one. I mean
3: obviously we don't want to get you in trouble with the Senate. That's <laughs> uh, a deep cut.
0: Why did I just watch that Bruce Davison in it who played Senator to Ke- kill Oh uh, Bruce did- Davis? Bruce Davison. Uh, oh, X-Men? Senator Kelly No, he was <laughs> it it was um Oh it was designated Survivor. That's what it was. He was oh. he was on I was like, is that Bruce Davidson? <laughs> He's at it again.
3: I was like X Men? Yeah. yeah, it's
0: weird that they introduced the whole let's get rid of Mutant subplot in the Keeper Sutherland president show, but you know what happens.
3: <laughs> Makes sense. They had to try and save their their series somehow.
0: I'm a huge yeah. nightcrawler fan, so I'd say teleporting, by the way.
4: Oh, that is a good
3: teleporting one. Teleporting is pretty cool and its power is, is very, very that that's a great sequence
4: in next two. Domino's powers are honestly pretty great. I mean, just the idea that you could like I, I I love her chill. Like she this the ability like the ability to just walk through life and know that absolutely everything is gonna go your way, regardless of absolutely anything. That's that's pretty great. And that's like good. for a yeah. guy who has like the occasional anxiety attack, like you know, that's it's pretty it'd be pretty nice to have that kind of lifestyle, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think Domino's got it made. Cue Abba's health.
3: take a chance on me. <laughs>
4: Hey, make
0: sure to tell me if you can can take a chance on me. It's in uh, Mamma Mia. Here we go again.
3: It, it was already in our, our previous episode like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> but uh, anyway, all right, moving on.
0: Brandon, do you have a power you want to use?
3: I would shapeshift. Oh, there you shape-shift. go. Shapeshift. Oh, oh. morph style. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Minus Morph. All, like the depression.
0: <laughs> Remember everybody's favorite character Morph from the first episode of X-Men great. the cartoon series?
3: <laughs> he just never wanted anyone's help. <laughs>
0: Remember how we all liked? We were all like, "No, morph!" After he got killed in like the first episode, then he Mister
3: Sinister. Then
0: he was on like Savage Island later on. It's a whole yeah. thing. Anyway, you
3: know a uh, lot about this series.
0: Who doesn't? I agree, I
3: agree. Everybody's
0: a damn Gambit fan. They seem to know everything about this series. But <laughs> anyway, next question: favorite films involving an elaborate prison of some kind? Uh, Jim Dietz, friend of the show. Because, okay, I'll, I'll say this. Dwayne has escaped from New York. Jim Dietz, who's one of his favorite movies ever is Escape from L.A. He was annoyed... Or Escape from New York. He was annoyed that someone chose it before him, so he had a, a, a gift from Escape from L.A. Um, David has Cube. April has Face Off. Justin has, yeah, Face Off for sure, or even that one in The One, which I believe ends with what, like Jet Li fighting on top of a pyramid, other versions of Jet Li?
3: With other versions of Jet Li through the time Yeah, Sure. Yeah.
0: That's, that's not a good
3: movie.
0: Um, <laughs> Tammy, Tammy has Con Air. Uh, Jay has Kung Fu Panda. For the oh yeah the um, that's the, a good one the Anne McShane timeline yeah T- Long? yeah yeah uh that's a
3: good prison
0: Philip has I, he shouldn't have got that feather uh Philip has Isle of Dogs Scott has Count of Monte Cristo uh, Mike has Fortress and Tyler has Escape Plan which is just mm-hmm. a, a cinematic version a, a full length version <laughs> of Face Off. <laughs> <But>, um... <laughs> Any other favorite prisons that you guys can think of? I would These think just some pretty
4: good scene. ones here. I mean, I escape, from, escape from New York being at the top of that list. Like, I, I, I have sentiments for. None of, uh, you, yeah.
0: None of you guys yeah. said space jail, so I'm putting that out there. Lo- yeah, sorry, a Lo- yeah, sorry, lockout. You. But we all know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, escape jail. from New York
4: in space. Right. It's yeah. space jail. The movie that actually got sued by Escape from New York and won. successfully Locked. sued. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, Any favorite prisons, Brad? Any movies where characters are depressed because the worst prison is the mind. I guess no one brought up Shawshank. I mean,
3: boom. I mean, Brad was probably referencing Shawshank. Hashtag red. (laughs) 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 uh...
0: Wait, Morgan Freeman's in the movie red. What? (laughs) I'm moving my hands very violently out the microphone right now to
3: emphasize that. Wait, did Jim Caviezel just leave his wallet underneath my bed?
0: There's my favorite time traveler.
3: (laughs) He was Jesus and a firefighter. I was
0: thinking Deja Vu or Frequency. Uh I forgot Frequency which actually is a time travel movie. There's so many connections here, guys.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on. Uh, Next question is uh, what are some unlikely pairings or teams in films that you really enjoyed? Justin has... Well, Best of All Time, Mon- uh, Marty and Doc would love a movie of how they actually met and forged their friendship.
0: So you say uh, you want an unnecessary... Has- hold on. <laughs> mean- to- hold on. <laughs> hold on. Justin's saying he wants a-, a necessary prequel to how Marty and Doc met <laughs> themselves?
3: You know, it happened in 1955 when Doc hit his head on the toilet and Marty traveled backwards. So, movie solved. Uh, Matthew has, do I even need to ask? LOL. <laughs> Just smiley faces. Jay and Silent Bob. Hashtag blunt man and chronic. Um, April Rights Watchmen and lastly Philip has Hot Fuzz unlikely give some lead
4: some Midnight Run here yeah Midnight Run that's Rush cool. Hour
0: speaking of cinematic a- smartasses again being... <laughs> every
4: Shane Black movie I will... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 21 Jump Street yeah boom huh? yeah 48 that's Hours great.
0: yeah
4: 48
3: Hours also a lot of social commentary I'm
0: trying to think of unlikely ones that
3: we haven't already gotten <laughs> now we're just like yeah Shane Black Just naming buddy comedies <laughs> now <laughs> that's true
0: yeah. <laughs> Alright, next one. Favorite superhero Lair Hide excuse me, hideout or home. Uh, Mike writes, Always like Superman's Fortress of Solitude from the Christopher Reeves films. Um, Justin has Tony Stark's house.
3: The one that gets blown up? Yeah, that's no, <laughs> what so like, he gives the address to.
0: <laughs> yeah, in Gene really,
3: Black's Iron Man Three?
0: That didn't really help in the long run.
3: A lot of shame
0: Black. I li- li- like to think that Guy Pierce didn't know the address until he said it on the news. And, and he's like, oh, now I can do that thing.
3: He immediately sends the helicopters after. Guys,
0: that. guys, I, I finally found it. I couldn't figure it any other way, but he told me, so I know.
3: Well, I mean, what if Ben Kingsley told him
0: after like,
3: he watched the news? Like, he
0: was really excited. like, you'll never guess what. I'm going to earn my pay this week. I found out Tony Stark's address. <laughs> guess, you know what? He lives in Malibu. It's rid- I, I know it, you you guys couldn't figure it out I'm sure but I got it now.
3: What can I say man? One
0: one for the Mandarin.
3: <laughs> then he starts <laughs> doing add the add in, he uh, starts he uh, starts uh, doing the
0: cabbage patch and it's like it's just really <laughs> ridiculous.
3: He would definitely win in the second category for that.
0: And I with-
3: <laughs> I add in a, a syndromes layer. I mean his whole entire like base is pretty cool. Oh, right? his
0: volcano base.
3: Yeah. That's a good He's answer. His dinner room is like in the heart of the volcano. It's I was, cool.
0: I was going to say just Bat Cave be generic, but I really like that answer. Actually, Syndrome's Island.
4: That's a good answer. I like that a lot. I mean, you it's can't it's go a- wrong with the Bat Cave. Tim Burton's Bat Cave. Uh, Diabolic had a pretty goddamn sweet pad for all of his uh, heist needs. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys have ever seen that. No, I know what you're talking about. That's yeah. a good one.
1: I like the I like the Ninja Turtles lair uh, that they. Um, move into uh the abandoned subway in ninja turtles too. Secret of the use, the, the cable car? Yeah. Yeah, I like yeah, that nice. one. Yeah, I love
0: one. that
3: layer.
0: <clears throat> when we say I mean that... the
3: question is like, how does the city not know that the meters are running down there?
0: There's two the Foot Clan is causing all kinds of chaos, Abe. They don't have time to check the meters on the subway. <laughs> There's a lot of electricity
3: <laughs> All
0: right. <laughs> well, not when, when you have, like, Vanilla Ice's concert running right upstairs. That's it's a like, great point. <laughs> <laughs> That's a
3: great point. Because they do live very nearby, apparently. <laughs>
0: Let's get to our next question. Favorite humorless performance? Someone that takes themselves very seriously. Uh, Mike has Drax. Frankie has John Wick. And Philip has Ian McKellen and Mr. Holmes. Is that true? I mean, I suppose. I mean, if anything, he seems kind of more whimsical than he, than he usually. Like, he, like, Magneto seems more humorless than... Uh... <laughs> Than uh mr holmes like he's more like i'm old so i can make little cracks every now and then like that's kind of the way he plays it there but i'll take it whenever you know the answer right he's, he's probably seen it more recently than i have so
3: yeah humorless performance um let's go with uh josh brolin men in black 3 that's a great one
0: i just watched men in black and men in black i was watching it with uh Are you, you
3: skipped over two and you just watched one and three
0: i don't own two nor do i want to nor do i need to watch <laughs> it again but um
4: absolutely 100%. you know who his daughter is oh god is that movie terrible <laughs>
0: But, uh, no, Anna and I, and my family, actually, we were watching. It's like, let's watch something easy. Like, for some reason, my uncle, he put on seven pounds, and it's like...
3: <laughs>
0: it's not easy. Wait, why? I was like, why did you put on, like, the most depressing Will Smith pop really movie possible? He's was a
3: lot of things in that movie.
0: <laughs> it, was, it was the day I saw you, Abe, so it was after all that happened. So and we got home, yeah. and he put he just wanted to put so something you're on.
2: Yeah. So he
0: saw, he saw Will Smith, and he's like, I'll put this on. It's like, why'd you put on the most depressing Will Smith movie? So it's like, okay, let's do something else. I put on Men in Black instead. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a great movie. I watched
1: that all the time. Time. speaking of humorless performances i am legend there you go <laughs> yeah. i mean I, he just really wants that model
3: that mannequin's phone number
0: i like shrek <laughs> uh
3: now we move to question wait, wait wait wait! i
0: had what one too i had one hold on i'm trying to think i just had it what was it oh oh it was it was arnold in most movies but um but specifically predator he's I, great
3: in jingle all the way what are you think i think
0: in, no i think in predator um there's because i think that movie yeah.
3: it hit it it hits Man. the
0: it hits the exact tone of what it's trying to do as far as being somewhat of a parody of Arnold movies before that was even a popular thing, then before turning into a horror movie, and it's not it, it's not inherently funny, but obviously the lines are so macho that you can't I mean. You know him and Carl Weathers arm wrestling, arm wrestle off. That's hilarious. Like I mean,
3: that's a great line. CAA got you pushing too many pencils.
0: It, it, there's just there's good stuff like that where he, he it's a serious character, but there is there's a good amount of humor that comes yeah. from it. I
3: mean, like it gets very serious very quickly. And also, again, you mentioned the basically the horror element of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's really why I think that he's a really uh, that's one of his best performances is Conan the Barbarian and Predator. Uh, anyway. Uh, Moving on to questions that our audience asks us, Tyler asks everyone here today: What are the chances of a Deadpool three still getting an R rating under Disney?
0: Oh, I don't think that'll change. I, the the um what if that happens, which things are still in the kind of I guess the works. I, I don't see Disney being like a kind of a whole you know this kind of gatekeeper over the studio over Fox. I think it's sure. more of like we own this now, but, you know, keep doing your thing. That kind of, that kind of, I don't see it making that kind of a dramatic shift
4: of suddenly like Deadpool 3s no longer are or whatnot.
0: Brad, do you have any more, or Eric, do you either have more insight on this than I do?
4: Well, I I think even Alan Horn, back when like the announcement was first made even said something along the lines of like that they would let he would let Deadpool still continue being R-rated and frankly it would be absolutely insane for them to do anything else. Like this is a they I mean it's not there's no box office hang up here. And like there is a part of me that does at some point like there's been some even debate actually in the last week about whether or not X-Force would be R-rated or PG-13. And there is a part of me that does kind of want to see Dead pool censored and then kind of have a reaction to being censored there there is just there there is just plenty of meta possibility even more walls to break down yeah uh so like i there is a part of me that almost to actually feed back to what you were saying about having constraints uh it'd be kind of fun to just see him kind of like bounce off of those walls but uh but at the same time like no there's no way that I, i don't think there's any chance that disney just in that whole grand spectrum that disney would Stop an R-rated Deadpool three. No mm. way.
3: Yeah, in terms of the, the percentage chance, I'd probably say zero percent. It's got to be an R-rated movie.
0: All right. Well, next question. This one's from Dennis. Is there a better superhero name than Negasonic Teenage Warhead?
3: Yeah, it was individual tools. was Peter. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great. That's a great superhero name.
4: <laughs> I'm it's pretty true. high on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: I I, I agree. Yeah, Peter. Sorry. <laughs>
4: you know, and that down. solves oh. that. <laughs> that's, that's off the hands right there.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's out of the way. Let's move on. No, oh, is that enough feedback?
3: <laughs> feedback. Feedback. Feedback.
0: Let's uh let's move on now. Let's get to our um.
3: Hey, what uh, what time is it? I think it's time for a very quick game here. That, that was beautiful that's actually the actual tune to the music box that Deadpool plays in the beginning of the movie but they had to cut it
0: yeah I know that's I'm that. sorry
3: Aaron that everyone keeps on like neg- neglecting your, your work for composition in Hollywood
0: one day one of these will make it into a movie <laughs> and you guys will be guys today. yeah what is it what do we got
3: it's on a scale of superhero sequels editions so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna name off some superhero movies the sequels number two in the series and we're gonna go off the Rotten Tomato score this week. So if you guys can tell me the what you think the Rotten Tomato score is for this sequel movie, let me know. No presses right rules because uh, I'm still gonna count the ones that are over as long as it's closest to. So that's what we're doing this week.
0: All right, okay, so we're gonna try to guess the score on a Rotten Tomato meter of superhero sequels. Correct. Got it. Okay.
3: I break to MVB score. Uh, here we go. Captain America, the winter soldier, uh, Aaron,
0: Hmm. um, I'll say 91,
3: 91. Okay. All right. Um, Brad, um, 90,
4: 90 and Eric, I'm going to say, even though I love it, I'm going to say 88,
3: 88 miles per hour. This is a weird one because you guys, Brad and Eric, you guys are right in between it. It is 89. I
0: almost said 89 uh, too. <laughs> I jumped up to 90s. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll go 90.
3: So for the time breaks, you actually get the point. What is the MDB score for it, Brad? What do you think? 7.8. Okay, and then Eric? Uh, 8.6. It is exactly 7.8, so good job, ah, Yes! Yeah.
0: 8.6, that'd be, like, in the top 10, like, on Big Bear for IMDb. Yeah, be, you know,
3: It's <laughs> been a while since I looked at those numbers.
0: Yeah, they're pretty weird.
3: But, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one here. Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer.
1: Brad? Oh, uh, yeah. 21%. Okay. Eric?
3: I'll say 32%. 32 And Aaron?
1: Jeez, I'll go high.
0: I'll say 36%.
3: Aaron, you're the closest. It's 37%. All
0: right. There we go. (laughs) Rise of the Silver Surfer indeed. (laughs) 5.6
4: on IMDb.
3: (laughs) Uh, Eric, the next one here is Hellboy 2, The Golden Army.
4: Huh. That's a movie I like. I'll say 78%. 78. And Aaron? I'm probably going to be annoyed that it's not
0: higher
3: because it's fucking awesome.
0: Um, (laughs) Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. I'll say
3: 72%. 72, and Brad. What did Eric say? Eric said 78%. I'm going to say 80. 80%. It is 86, so Brad, you oh, get that wow. Bam, 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 good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Good, all, yeah. I got Army. a 7.0 on IMDb.
0: Yeah, I was worried. I know the first yeah. one's a little lower, but whatever. Okay.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, now we go back to you, Aaron. The Dark Knight on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Yeah, um... Gonna be higher. I'll say ninety-four percent.
1: Okay, and Brad—that's uh, what I was gonna say. So I'm gonna say ninety five. You can say it. No. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Ninety-five and Eric. Uh, I'll go with ninety-two. 92. It is exactly 94. Nice. <laughs> so if, you had, if you guys had gone for it, I would have IMDb'd you. What do you guys think the IMDb score is?
0: Oh, that's got to be some stupid non pi number, like 8.7 or something like that. So 8.6 yeah. again. <laughs> I was going to say it,
3: 8.5. <laughs> it's 9, so Eric. No, there right. you go.
0: Yes. No! <laughs> Boom!
3: <laughs> the next one here, following upon on our Batman. Batman Returns. Brad? Um. 82. Okay. Eric? 85. 85
0: and Aaron. I'll go lower. I'll say 74.
3: 74. Wow, Brad, it is 81 so you can get that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 uh, Eric, you get the first pick here. X men 2, X2 or X men United. There's so many titles in that one.
4: Uh, I'll go
0: with 86. 86. Uh, Aaron, it should have been X squared. They should have stuck with that and not added the X Men United at the very the very last minute they added that subtitle. To them. I remember that. Um, and with all that said, I will. Jeez, what is X two? I'll say eighty seven. Eighty seven
3: and Brad. I'm gonna say eighty two. Eighty two and you are the closest, Eric. That's your first point. It is. Hey! There we go. Nice. There we go. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, um, let's go here. Spider Man two. Um, who started? Who who got first pick last time? Was it you, I Eric? Did. Yeah, it was Eric. Okay, Aaron, you have uh, Spider Man Two.
0: Spider Man Two, still Spider Man, um, rainy classic. Uh, <laughs> Brad was just tweeting about this because uh, mm-hmm. it's a fucking great movie. <laughs> a lot <laughs> of stalling. <laughs> a lot of stalling for Spider Man Two. Uh, I will, because I want. Uh, Come on. It's going to be lower.
1: <laughs>
0: click, click, clack, clack, click, click, clack, 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 clack. Um, I'll say 92.
1: 92. Brad? God damn it, Aaron. That's what I was going to will say it. Uh, no, I'm going to say 93. Okay. And
4: uh, Eric? I'm going to undercut it
3: with an 89. 89. It is exactly 93. So- oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brad, for the next one here. Thor The Dark World. Ooh, uh 48. 48
4: and Eric. Uh I'm going to go with 67.
3: Okay?
0: And Aaron. It's still higher. There's only one rotten Marvel movie I think, which is Hulk. I think that's like 57 or something. I'll will say 72 again.
3: Ooh, that's pretty high.
4: Uh Eric, it is 66. So you Yeah, get it. there you go. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't even think Incredible Hulk is uh even Rotten, I think, it, I think it's on, everything it, on Rotten Tomatoes is positive for the MCU.
0: It's on the cusp, but I'm pretty sure like Hulk is yeah. like right I, there. Yeah, I'm
4: looking it up right now. Yeah, look
0: it up. It look it up, babe.
3: <laughs> the Incredible Hulk,
4: 2008, 67%. All right, all right. So, all
3: right. <laughs> uh, Next one here, Blade Two. Eric, I think you get first pick on this one.
4: Oh, Blade Two. Uh, like that movie, second gear on the Toro movie we we're discussing. Uh, let's go with 77%.
3: 77%. And Aaron?
0: I think that's probably right on the line, too, even though I love Blade 2. 61. 61.
3: And uh, Brad? I'm going to say 70. 70. Blade 2 has 57 what?
0: There you go. Right on the line.
3: Aaron gets that one. Uh, in
0: the both play. I mean, the third one, who cares? But the both of them are like right on the cusp of rotten and fresh for some reason. Like, it, even though we regard those fairly high, it's like, yeah, critics were mixed.
3: It was weird, yeah, because you know, it's a good movie. So, or at least I liked it. Uh, next one here, um, I, th- Aaron, did you go first? That last one?
0: I did. No, Eric, Eric did. did yeah.
3: Oh, Eric did. Okay, so Aaron, you go first on this one. Uh, Superman two, the nineteen eighty movie. Oh, geez uh round tomato score
0: yeah i assume it's well i mean it's great and we all generally say it's great so, I'd like, so what did what do critics now think of superman 2
3: well, i'm stalling this week. <laughs> try, i'm actually i'm trying to
0: think it out i'm trying to think what it would be and it's like <laughs> what would superman 2 be
3: i mean i could give i could give brad first pick he seems to be always like, using right with the one within your wheelhouse
0: 90
3: <laughs> 90 okay uh red 85 okay and uh eric I'll say eighty-three. Brad is exactly eighty-five.
1: Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Checking Rotten Tomatoes pays off. <laughs> <laughs> you cheater! Last one here, and it's it's kind of a runway for Brad. But
3: last one here, Iron Man Two. Brad, you get first pick. Ooh, uh, seventy-one. Okay. And Eric.
4: Seventy-five.
3: And Aaron.
0: God, I got to be like dead on at this because I think it's just in that area. So I'll say 73.
3: It is exactly
0: 73. No. Boom. (laughs) Uh,
3: And with that, Brad, you have defeated both Aaron and uh, Aaron in Uh (laughs) the scale of superhero sequels this
1: week. So good job. I am the smartest man alive.
0: (laughs) Uh, You get a high five from Peter. We're shipping that to you now. Perfect. All right. Well, that was a good game, Abe.
3: Thanks.
0: You're, you're welcome. Uh, so that's that. Let's move on. Let's start wrapping things up here. Let's move on to Out Now Presents. What's out now? These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week. Uh, we got a number here. Feel free to give a yay or nay to any of these, I say. First up, we have Game Night.
1: I heard it was good. So yay? Yeah, I liked it. It's fine. It's yay. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Guys, Game Night is amazing. Okay, so super yay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> super yay. Game Night is, is, is one of the best video comedies. I've seen in a long time. It is way better than it has any right to be. It is it is fantastic. It's so much fun. I definitely have to go check it out now. Your recommendation has really really sparked.
0: I'll it. be curious what you think, Gabe, because I'm in the I'm Eric's camp. You know that I'm just kind of like, yeah, that's good. It's
3: good. <laughs> um, next up, <laughs> I'll Red... report back next week.
0: Next up is Red Sparrow.
3: I
1: heard bad things, so nay. That's fine. I think, I think it's, it's worth fine.
0: Seeing. Yeah, it's yeah. You know, it's like okay.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's worth seeing. It's a slow burn. Um... Uh, but I, I think it's quite good. Jennifer Lawrence is is really good, and it's 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 uh yeah, it's it's a solid spy thriller. Yeah.
0: Next we have the fifteen seventeen to Paris. That's clean.
3: Oh yeah, no, that's an A.
0: It's it's not good. Uh, Early man. This is the latest. Um, is that
4: the um... heart- the yeah, ar- yeah
0: the, the latest ardman anim- anim- animated why not?
4: I love Ardman. It was, I was kind of a mess, honestly. Oh, like, yeah. I didn't love it. Uh, I mean, and I, I, I have high expectations from Ardman and stop motion in general. So, like, yeah, I, I wasn't too big on that one. So, I might have to give that one a nay. I'm gonna take your advice there. I haven't seen
0: it. I was a little more forgiving on it. I, I appreciated it. It's not, especially. I mean, in the years since we've had so many Laika films that are consistently amazing, it's like, okay, like I, I yeah. like seeing this as well. It's just it's not hitting on the same level as like Walls and Gromit, Curse of the Were Rabbit, or uh, Chicken Run, or what have you. So it's like yeah. it's not the best Armin, but still more more Aardman, I'm not going to object against. So
3: sure. What was the Ardman movie with like uh, with Hugh Jackman?
0: Flushed, Flushed away. What? Yeah, but that's, that's better st- than that.
3: <laughs> the CGI that was. That's CGI. Uh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. that was CGI. That wasn't stop motion. My bad. Yeah. CGI in the style of Ardman.
0: Yeah. Right. yeah. Which is clever in its own way, but yeah, it's not as. You know, not the same. It's not a great movie. I mean, it's it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um. I Kill Giants. Um. I've heard good things about that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, seen I, I it heard, heard good, things. Things. good things. I'm supposed to get it to review. I haven't got it yet, though. But yeah. okay. Um. A Fantastic Woman. This one, right? Best foreign language film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: I, uh I don't know, but okay. Sounds good.
0: Uh. Let's see. On a beach at night alone. Um, I heard a lot of good things about this one. If that's
3: not a follow-up to A Girl Walks Home Alone. (laughs) Yeah, really, right? (laughs) Then I'm going to be really upset.
0: I know a friend of the show, David Bax, he's a big fan of this movie from last year. So that's why I want to check that one out at some point. Uh, Wonderstruck. Huge A on this one. I'm a big fan of Wonderstruck. Yeah, it's on Amazon right now. It's on Amazon, but now you can buy it physically if you feel so desired. Uh, Let's see. Something called Daphne and Velma, which is, I guess, a straight-to-video Warner Brothers release about specifically Daphne and Velma from the Scooby-Doo game. Why
3: not?
0: I, I don't know who's in this. I didn't know this was a thing until I wrote it down. So I'm like, okay. Is it live that...
4: action? I mean, animation. What is it? It's
0: it's live it's live action. It's live oh, no, it's action. It's live action. Yeah, it's live action. What? I know, on, right? Yeah. Um, let's see. Graduation. Um, that's on. And Beyond the Hills. Those that's on Criterion this week. Uh, for you know collectors there. Um, The Last House on the Left remastered. Uh, from Arrow. A new deluxe Blu-ray set. Uh, for Wes Craven's film uh let's see a fistful of dollars has a new release from kino which i've heard some controversial things about because kino's restoration of that film somewhat undoes what leone's kind of palette um for filming of that time is doing so i know there's people there more questionable about some of these because they did the same with good the bad the ugly also uh, where it kind of takes away some of the style that comes from his the nature of those movies Regardless, kino,
3: fucking up, stop it. <laughs>
0: and lastly, uh, a couple 4K releases I want to note: Jurassic Park has like a big deluxe set this week coming out for its 25th anniversary. Yeah, go buy it; it's a great. Movie. Uh, the Matrix and The Patriot all get 4K releases. All equal, right? We all love Jurassic Park, The Matrix, and The Patriot, the exact same amount. Yes. <laughs> in
3: order: Jurassic Park, Matrix, and
4: The
0: Patriot. <laughs> we all we all watch those back to back to back constantly, right? That's yeah.
4: natural trilogy. Yes. Yeah.
0: This Memorial Day, it's gonna be all Matrix, Jurassic Park, and The Patriot. <laughs> all right, that's uh, that's what's about now. Let's move on to extremely cool. These things that are now streaming on Netflix that I can make note of, or Amazon for that matter. Uh, first up on Netflix, I already mentioned Cargo with uh yeah with uh, Martin, Martin Freeman. Freeman. Uh, worth watching on Netflix, I would say. Um, and uh tig Notaro has a new comedy special happy to be here uh so that comes out on netflix this week um on prime this week uh beatrice at dinner this is the film of her mike white with uh, selma
3: hayek as the lead uh, selma hayek and john also, lithgow She's uh just throwing shit at everybody right
0: pretty much yeah that's the movie <laughs> <Like it's, laughs> yeah she's uh she's a masseuse that kind of gets invited over for a dinner party for various circumstances and john lithgow is one of the guests and he's Basically an avatar for things that are wrong with the white privileged. Um, and they butt heads. <laughs> what that okay. I've heard it's uh, good. It's a, it's good for a watch on Prime. That's for sure. I would, I'd say that. Uh, so that's extremely cool. Next week's show. Next week, we're talking Solo, colon, a Star Wars story.
3: Eric's seen it. I have. So is Brad. <laughs>
0: so
1: has <is> Brad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, <It's> fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but we'll 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 get to all those thoughts uh, next week's show. When Abe and I get the chance to see it and uh, get some new guests that aren't Brad and Eric to talk about with us. But, uh, <laughs> but no, no, it'll be a, you know it's a new Star Wars movie. Why why not be okay. excited to go see it? And uh, last thing we do here, what should people go and see now? And what do you plan to see next, Brad? What should people see in theaters right now?
1: Oh my goodness! Um, if you haven't for some reason seen Avengers: Infinity War. Uh, like you just, you just got to do it. It is just, it's a great blockbuster movie. It's, it's a fantastic culmination of everything's happened in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You definitely have to go out of your way to see it on the big screen. It's it's the kind of movie that just needs to be seen on the biggest screen possible. What do you see next? Um, what am I seeing next? Um, I'm definitely seeing solo again because I already had tickets before I went to my, uh, press screening in Chicago last week, but otherwise I think the next movie that I am, excited to see is probably mm, Incredibles 2 I think that's that's the next one that I'm like super pumped about I I can't wait to see how uh how Pixar delivers on the sequel after 14 years of waiting for it
0: it's coming pretty quick too and like, like there's tv ads and everything I'm like oh my god this movie's coming
4: I can't wait Disney wise like you have like three movies within a span of a month and a half it's nuts Absolutely crazy. Yeah,
0: it's too bad they're going bankrupt. Oh, wait, that's not true. That's not true at all. I just made that up. Um, Eric, how about you? What, What should people see in theaters right now?
4: Uh, one thing. I mean, I'll again just recommend if you can hunt down first Reformed, yeah, I couldn't definitely recommend it. Uh, Deadpool two. I'm very very high on. If that isn't hasn't come across through this entire episode. Um, upcoming wise, I have as I was mentioning, I have American Animals tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. But also, I have a Hereditary coming up as well, and uh, which is a horror movie, the horror family film with uh, Tony Collette that. I, that trailer uh, kind of shocked the hell out of me, so very much looking forward to it.
0: I've avoided all trailers for it, but I am very much looking forward to Hereditary. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I will say I'm, I would recommend Yeah, Avengers if you can see it because it's great. Why not? It's fun. So, um, Isle of Dogs is still out there in a few theaters, so I keep saying see that too. Go see that. And, um, and I do think Tully is very good, um, so yep. that's one to see as well. And, yeah, next I am seeing Solo. I'm also seeing uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor, the, ro- the, ro- the, oh. the Mr. Oh, Rogers documentary this week. I'm oh, looking that. That. So so yeah, look, I'm looking forward to that a lot. So I got two very similar films to see this week. So there we go. Abe, how about you?
3: Very jealous. Uh, I recommend Avengers Infinity War as well, as well as if you're too burned out from all the blockbusters, go see Tully. Uh, and next, Solo.
0: All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work at the, my personal blog, DakotaZeke.com. All my stuff can be found there. You can also find me reading uh, – well, there's not too much TV. Yeah, I was covering Atlanta and the Americans. Like and those the, are all done. Atlanta's done. Americans has two episodes left, but I'm still going to be you know, covering it over at WeLiveEntertainment.com. You can also find you can also find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe.
3: Follow my Instagram at OakleyDoakley and Twitter.com slash WaltersMoose. Hashtag Keno. Get with it.
0: Uh Eric Eisenberg, where can people find more of your work online?
4: Uh you can find all of my work over at Cinema Blend. Uh you can find me on Twitter at e. eisenberg and uh Facebook on uh, Facebook uh Cinema Blend page on Thursdays you can catch me live for the Hero Blend live show uh which is at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST and there's also a uh, hour long Hero Blend podcast uh that is available every single Friday. So, yeah. Very cool. Great. Brad oman where can people find more of your work online?
1: Uh, You can find me at SlashFilm.com, all the live long day. You can find me on Twitter at Ethan underscore Anderton. You can listen to SlashFilm Daily, which is SlashFilm's weekday podcast where we recap the biggest movie and TV news that I and I appear on two or three times a week. And you can also check out my podcast called Go Flix Yourself, F-L-I-X, available on iTunes and some other podcasting platforms where we talk about movies and crack a bunch of jokes and play some movie games. Very cool. <laughs> nice.
0: You can find all the other episodes of Out Now they their name over on iTunes as well as on Audioboom.com.
3: Listen to our old episodes over at H H W L E D, SoundCloud, or Podomatic.
0: Feel free to email us any thoughts you might have had on Deadpool 2 or anything else we discussed today at outnowpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
3: Answer questions, ask them, do whatever over at facebook.com slash out now podcast or tweet at us at twitter.com slash out now underscore podcast.
0: And please send us plenty of gifts of scary clowns saying maximum effort and send them to Abe at our Tumblr page at outnowpodcast.com. Yes, very scary clowns <laughs> that have Deadpool references. All those to Abe, send them to him. Send them please to his go. house. His address <laughs> is oh, <laughs> uh, okay The
4: Mandarin's coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh my gosh, <laughs>
0: Um uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Brad, Eric, thank you both very much for thank joining us coach. today for this thank podcast.
1: Yeah, for
0: having that. For sure. It was a lot of fun. And that's what it for this
3: week's episode. But until next time, so long. Goodbye. I've been all around the world. I've been a new sensation. But it doesn't really matter in this generation. The sophomore slump is an uphill battle. And someone said that ain't my scene. Because they need a new song like a new religion. Music for the television. I can't do the long division. Someone do the math. But the record label puts me on the shelf up in the freezer. Got to find another way to live the life of Asia. So I drop my top. Mix and I mingle Is everybody ready for the single? Let it go Cause I've been shaking I've been
0: bending backwards Till I'm broke Watching all these dreams go up
2: In smoke
0: you good
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right <clears throat> all right
2: here we go